So welcome to Regenerative Medicine today. This is John Murphy. It's my pleasure to welcome to this podcast Dr. Jennifer Elisieff. Dr. Elisieff is at John Hopkins University. She is professor in the Wilmer Eye Institute in the Department of Biomedical Engineering. Dr. Elisieff, welcome to Regenerative Medicine today. Thank you. Excited to be here. So we had the pleasure of welcoming one of your colleagues, Dr. Stephen Badlack, to an earlier podcast. And the subject of the discussion was the Journal of Immunology and Regenerative Medicine. I know that you're on the editorial board of that particular journal. Can you say a little bit about the journal and its objectives? Sure. So this journal combines two really fascinating fields that are merging together, the area of tissue engineering, regenerative medicine, or essentially tissue repair, with immunology. And Steve's work in the area of biological scaffolds I think really pioneered the role of the immune system in tissue repair as he discovered the importance of macrophage responses to biological scaffolds and then how they promote tissue repair. And this is really a complicated mixture of fields because immunology is a very complex really fast-moving field, and integrating that with tissue engineering and regenerative medicine is is a challenge. Tissue engineering itself includes biomaterials, stem cells, disease-specific animal models, and so the breadth of what's required to merge these two fields is really astounding. So having a venue for people to connect tissue engineering and immunology, I think, is really, really impactful. And it shows also, I think, an important vision for the future of the field. So it's kind of interesting that both of these fields have seen some very pioneering accomplishments, and you and your team are bringing these together. So if we were having this discussion in five years, what's your prediction on the state of the art for the field? Well, if you look at the field of cancer immunology, you can see what the field of immunology has done to cancer treatments. It's really been astounding that the impact it's had and the understanding of both sort of systemic immune changes, even changes caused by the microbiome or infection, what that can do to different parts of the body. Even just today, something came out on the brain and how it influences brain activity. It's going to be a big shift, and, and I think it's going to have a pretty near-term impact as there are a number of drugs and systems out there already to target the immune system, and connecting that with regenerative medicine, I think we'll see a much accelerated movement in the field to have a clinical impact. That's very exciting. Some interesting times ahead. So let's talk a little bit about your work and how it relates to this. I noticed... I look at your publications, you have a variety of interests. One of them is relates to osteoarthritis. Perhaps that's the place to start and tell us a little bit about your studies. We had worked many years ago in the area of cartilage repair and designing biomaterial scaffolds to help stimulate cartilage repair. And we even took some of those to clinical testing. But as we moved forward, we realized, well, even if we build the most beautiful piece of cartilage, if it's in an inflammatory environment, it's not going to last and it's not going to benefit the patient. So we did some work then on trying to understand the inflammatory environment in arthritis, what cells are responsible and the immune system responds to injury and how we can improve that response to promote actual tissue repair and reduce the incidence of arthritis and sort of the inflammatory, painful condition of knee injuries. So I noticed when I look at your work, 
you have a strong commitment to move things from the bench to the bedside, so to speak. Can you share a little bit about that particular pathway? Yeah, I, I think it's really important that our research has a clinical impact. I think the field generated a lot of excitement for its potential many years ago, and we need to show some impact in the clinic. I think it's easy as an academic to stay in the lab and design new technologies without taking that initial jump to move towards the clinical testing situation. But I think that clinical testing is really critical for us to really understand if we are manipulating the right things in our technologies to improve tissue repair. So, for example, in biomaterials research, people would try to add certain biological signals and try to interact with cells. But when you put it actually in a person, those might not be the factors that are most therapeutically relevant. So I think we do better research in the lab after that clinical translation experience. I commend you for that philosophy, and I might say that I've heard that from Dr. Badlag as well. So <laughs> you're very well in sync on those particular yes. philosophies. Yes. So in terms of your particular interest, what do you see the future for trainees in terms of job opportunities in this field? Well, for trainees, I think it, this combination of tissue engineering and immunology represents, first of all, a great challenge. It's a lot of work to learn these fields. It's also a great opportunity because it is a real area to be pioneering. And when I think of something that's pioneering, I think of no clear path, right? So you have to make your own path. And I think of not just low-hanging fruit, but just fruit and ideas all around on the ground, on the, on the trees. And so it, there's a lot of opportunity here, but you have to be comfortable with paving your own way and really delving into the unknown. So as these technologies move to clinical practice, certainly be new endeavors in existing companies, and it seems to me there are opportunities for those types of people you just described. Definitely, definitely. There's a lot to do in the basic research, applied research, and then actually getting the, these new technologies and ideas out to patients. And that means collaborating efficiently with companies or starting new companies. So what's your experience in terms of time from the time you have a bright idea for a new technology till it's available for clinical trials? How many, how many years is it? You know, it's really a range. It depends on so many different factors, and I think it can depend on how different it is from what's been out there before. It depends on the team that's working on it. It depends on so many different factors that I don't like putting an exact number on it. But I guess it's safe to say it's on the order of 10 or more years on, on average. Maybe on average, but I've seen things happen a lot faster, too. I have as well, so there are exceptions. That's true. Yeah. So, Dr. Alicia, if it's my pleasure to uh, have you join us today, I'd like to thank you for sharing your insight and your, congratulate you on your pioneering work. And your listeners, we welcome your suggestions. You can reach us at mail at regenerativemedicinetoday.com. And until we meet again, thank you for listening. <laughs>